I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome, everyone, to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense, sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA, which are great partners of this show. Make sure you like and subscribe, and you sign up to be notified whenever we go live. You can go to rapidfireradio.us and join the conversation when we're live. You can type into the chat box and ask your question, and we will answer it live on the air, or you can call the rapid fire line which is 508-444-2120 leave a message or call us when we're broadcasting live and you'll be on the air you can also uh check us out on rumble now which is awesome we're streaming live to rumble and a lot of different platforms so wherever you get your social media from uh we don't really care we're we're not that biased about it but wherever you uh procure your social media you can do it and our uh, at is either at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio, wherever you might find your social media. So I'm glad that I'm glad that it's unified now across all platforms. We were able to mine back our Cape Gunworks, uh, <laughs> our Cape Gunworks one from Insta Jail or Hell, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we never got our content restored or our followers restored, which is Still makes me a little sad because it was eight years of good content on there, but we've moved on. So we realized that big tech media is not the friend of the Second Amendment, and they are definitely at odds and at war with uh, everything going on in Second Amendment world. So I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. Yeah, and speaking of which, you know, it's it wasn't in my show prep, but I think it makes a lot of sense to um, talk about uh, because yesterday Grace Curley kind of put me on the spot while I was on her show about the the news or the story that uh, Howie Carr broke about um, the Boston FBI and how a whistleblower came forward and said that Bank of America was doing the FBI a solid by mining all of the data mining all of the their credit card holders and debit card holders for anyone who traveled to the DC area around January 6th, you know, 2020 and uh or 2021 I guess and um also happened to buy a firearm with their said debit card or credit oh, card. Oh my. So pretty interesting um how you you know you wonder like why does the a private organization decide to data mine their customer base to see who's been to dc and who bought a gun 
Mm. So anyway, this is uh, George Hill. He was a 64-year-old whistleblower, a 26-year military veteran, five years with the NSA, and more than a decade with the FBI as an intelligence analyst. Um, and what Hill told Congress wasn't a complete surprise given the recent breathtaking corruption. I'm reading from HowieCarshow.com right now. Uh, this is an article, How He Did. And I believe this was in, uh, no, I guess it wasn't. I thought it was one of his columns for the Globe, but apparently it wasn't. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, like I said, this wasn't a complete surprise given the recent breathtaking corruption of the FBI. Uh, but Hill's story did lay out some local angles of the FBI Democrat conspiracy against the Constitution in greater depth than was previously known. Um, and the Boston FBI office, I guess, refused to have anything to do with it. So it was funny because Howie Carr, who's not known as a friend of the Boston FBI, in fact, his opening uh title or opening couple sentences reads the Boston office of the FBI finally got something right and I salute them for doing so the above sentence I never dreamed I would be writing but there's a first time for everything and this is it um, I don't know if it falls under the category of a broken clock is right twice a day or if they are literally you know turning around and deciding to break good for once instead of their long history of um, abuse and corruption, uh, especially in the Whitey Bulger era. But anyway, um, it goes on to say um, the FBI's proposed targets for the Boston field office were seven New Englanders with Bank of America credit cards, as well as 140 people who took buses to Washington on January 6th under the auspices of a woman from Natick who just got a 15-day prison sentence for her role in the insurrection. So think about that. If you simply use the wrong bank's credit card to purchase the wrong product, or even if you just hop on the wrong bus, the FBA might unleash the unlimited power of the federal government to destroy your life and throw you in prison. Welcome to 1984, the Democrats' dream for a uh, free people's nightmare. I interviewed Hill on Friday, this is the article continuing, about his testimony before the House Judiciary Committee. Um, And it goes on to talk about um, how Hill says BOA took it upon themselves to data mine their customer base, bank credit cards, debit cards to see whether they had bought anything in D.C. or purchased a plane ticket to D.C. around January 6th. And if you showed up on either of those lists, if you had ever purchased a firearm with one of their credit cards, I guess it's ever purchased a firearm with a credit card, whenever you went... Uh, if you met those two criteria, you went to D.C. around January 6th and you ever bought a firearm, you went to the top of the list. There were no allegations of any crimes committed, only that the person was just using a legally purchased product that they owned. Um, but the Washington field office runs wide open, KGB style, doing whatever must be done to advance the fundamental transformation of America. So the FBI comrades sorted the names by region and sent out detectives to the outlying field offices. This is amazing. And uh, Boston handles four states, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Maine, and Rhode Island. Seven BOA customers had purchased that identify, purchases that identified them to American Gestapo as enemies of the state. <laughs> the Boston field office was instructed to open an investigation into BOA 7, into the BOA 7, these seven people. The Boston guys, God bless them, pushed back. What exactly were the 
predicate acts. The Democrats in D.C. didn't care about no stinking rights. Just ask the owners of Betsy Ross flags or Catholics who attended Latin masses. They, too, have been deemed subversive by the FBI. But anyway, go to HowieCarshow.com and read this. It's an interesting uh, article. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but apparently the Boston FBI um, said that they they uh, weren't going to participate in this, and that's good, but Washington field office was another story. So um, anyway, uh, they put their foot down, and thankfully so. So does it fall into the category of a broken clock is right twice a day, or does it uh, fall into the category that they are starting reform from the East Coast to the West Coast, and Boston is first to clean itself up. Who knows? We'll see. But what do you think? 508-444-2120. The poll of the day, by the way, is if you could have only one gun for the zombie apocalypse, what would it be? Remington 870 12-gauge, a Remington 700 and 308, an AR-15, or a Glock 17? Go ahead and weigh in on our poll at rapidfireradio.us or go to Twitter, rapidfireradio, all one word, and vote in the poll and let us know. Um, Go to Rapid Fire Radio Twitter page and like, subscribe, share, comment, and spread the word uh, while you're there. So, And this week's discount code at capegunworks.com is BULLET. We're number one with a bullet. So use BULLET in your checkout and you'll get a very special discount. All right, more after this. You're listening to Rapid Fire. We will be right back. A firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Tell us what you think about everything going on or anything we're talking about on this show. It's 508-444-2120. You can call, text, or leave a message. And this week's winner is Amy P. Look for an email. You have won the cleaning kit that we gave away last week on the show. Um, So you are last week's winner. Uh, congratulations, Amy. And this week we are giving away a set of Vortex Crossfire 10 by 42 HD binoculars. These are phenomenal binoculars. Vortex makes a fine product. They come with a lifetime warranty. And I'm throwing in, just for the fun of it, one of gun websites, uh, Morale Patches, and it's the, uh, it's the stripper clip one. Um, 
So those of you who have ever, ever had an SKS or a M1 Garand or something like that, you'll appreciate this morale patch. Um, they're a very useful product that goes along with uh, even AR-15s. You can use stripper clips on AR-15 mags, and uh, they still do in the military, et cetera, et cetera. So um, this is the stripper clip uh, morale patch that you can get with the Vortex 10x42 uh, Crossfire HD binoculars, which come with a real nice carrying case. That's a very good value. It's a $170 value. We're really happy to uh, give this away this week. Um, Vortex is a great sponsor of the show, and uh, we're very glad to be partnered up with them. They're by far our best-selling optic in the shop, and for all the right reasons, they're very good quality. Um, We just got resupplied, by the way, and um, they are the best of the best when it comes to warranty. Um, there's no questions asked, no BS, no, um, you know, no disclaimed, uh, pro- you send it in, you need a new one, they send you a new one and it's fast turnaround. It's awesome. So that's great. And that really speaks to my heart because, uh, you know, we have a running joke around here with insurance companies is that Whenever you need them, they always try to disclaim and say, no, you know, you're not officially covered under that. And you, there's some loophole as to why they don't have to pay. And I just actually am going through this right now. I just had a flood in my basement. A bunch of stuff got ruined. And sure enough, I get the letter in the mail that says, we're sorry to inform you, Mr. Leary, but you don't have adequate coverage, you know, for this damage, no matter how destructive it was to your brand new house. We're sorry that you're in this situation and uh, good luck. But <laughs> it's unbelievable. No matter how much money you give them a month, I mean a year, uh, they they never want to pay a claim. So anyway, we'll see how that goes. But um, anyway, uh Thanks for tuning in so far. 508-444-2120 is the, um, is the number if you want to be on the show. Uh, we have a caller or no? Do, uh, yes. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, play it. <clears throat> uh, my name is B. My location is Martha's Vineyard. My question is I need to buy a... Home protection shotgun, what do you recommend? I can spend up to $1,000. All right, cool. Well, that's uh, that's helpful that you gave me the budget because uh, I was going to say the uh, Beretta 1301 Tactical, but that's a little more than that. So if you're right around a $1,000 budget, I would say... You could certainly get the Mossberg 940. If you want a semi-automatic shotgun, that would be a good one. Uh, Plus, there's tons of Turkish shotguns out there that are very, very good price points. Uh, We have these Typhoons that are a very good design. They're actually patterned after the Benelli. um, And they're, I believe, in the $600 to $700 range, and they're a semi-automatic shotgun. They also make a direct knockoff of the Beretta M4. Uh, which is like a $2,000 shotgun, uh, the Benelli M4. Um, and so, uh, you know, we they make one that's a knockoff of that that's right around, I think, nine nine fifty somewhere in there. But Beretta just came out with a new A300 Tactical. Uh, we have them on order. I don't know if we've got them yet, to be honest. And they should be right around that $1,000 price point. Um, so they'll be a little cheaper than the... Uh, 
the aforementioned 1301 tactical, which is by far our um, best-selling semi-automatic home defense shotgun. But if you want to get into a pump shotgun, um, I love this week's, and we're going to talk about it in a couple segments, about the uh, rapid-fire radio gun of the week, or um, is the Blackwater, and I'm not going to ruin that whole segment, but the Blackwater 12-gauge pump is a really cool gun detachable mag gun so we'll, we'll talk about that coming up so i i would say i can answer that question better in a couple segments if you want a pump action if you want a semi-auto i'd look at this new beretta a300 tactical so uh, pretty cool gun and if you're not going to go with a beretta um, i think you'd be in either the mossberg or the uh, remington the remingtons are a little bit harder to find but the Mossbergs are plentiful, and we have some of the really cool Mossberg 500s with the Magpul furniture and the M-Lock handguard, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a bunch of good ones. I, I would say come on down to the shop, and we'll we'll really steer you in the right direction. But if you can afford it, I'd go with the A300 Tactical. They're pretty sweet. Um, so anyway, if you guys want uh, a question answered, you can certainly call in 508-444-2120 or jump right in the chat. And uh, we'll we'll get to that. We're going to answer lots of your questions this week. I know we usually run out of time in that first uh, first um, opening or the first hour of the show. And uh, I'm definitely curious to what you guys would do uh, on the the poll question of the day, which is what gun would you pick if you could only pick one for the zombie apocalypse it's the and the four choices are the remington 870 pump 12 gauge the remington 700 in 308 which obviously would be a scoped long range precision rifle not just a you know open sight gun but um the third choice would be an ar-15 and the fourth would be a glock 17 so do you want concealability and you know, um, handgun, or do you want a long rifle? And then if you want a long rifle, do you want a semi-automatic, um, you know, larger capacity, or do you want a long-range precision rifle, or do you want the 12-gauge kind of do-all? And it's funny, most of the people in my shop have said the Remington 870 because it's so versatile, and they want the um, the versatility of being able to hunt and home defense and, you know, maybe shoot a bird or a, a deer or whatever um, if, you know, so they could feed their family. And I think if I'm going with that, I, I would probably go with a an AR-15 personally. I think that's, you know, what I would go go for if, if uh, I could only have one. I'm curious if there's anyone who's going to pick like a Glock 17 because, um, you know, that's, I don't know, that that uh, would be very curious to me. But I guess if you need to be able to conceal it, it makes sense. But um, who knows? It's, uh, it's, it's an interesting conversation. And I'm glad that we don't need to just settle for one gun, believe me. <laughs> but uh, what would you choose? Uh, go ahead and vote in our poll on rapidfireradio.us or go to the Twitter page, Rapid Fire Radio. Um, right now, the results are, I'm going to vote, and then it'll tell me, wow, 100% are saying the AR-15 like like me. So, um, so far, it's 100% AR-15. Wow. I'm surprised no one's voted for the 12-gauge yet, and I'm interested to see if anyone 
will vote for like a Glock 17 or or the Remington 700 because um, one of the range guys said they would want the long range precision rifles because they don't want to get up close and uh, you know have to work from close range on a during the zombie apocalypse. So uh, <laughs> obviously this is all hypothetical and. Uh, I, I wouldn't say we need to start training for the zombie apocalypse. So anyway, um, one cool thing, a story that really warms the uh, cockles of my heart is a CBS report that details Bruin's impact on restrictive gun control schemes. So uh, this is on MLN.com and a lengthy CBS News report on the impact of last summer's Supreme Court ruling in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin indicates the lingering angst amongst gun control proponents now faced with the daunting challenge of justifying restrictive gun laws when they may not be consistent with the nation's historical tradition of firearms regulation. Oh, doesn't that... Isn't that awful that you got to play by the rules of the something called the Constitution in order to restrict people's right to keep and bear arms? So they're lamenting the fact that they need to now use text as advised by history and tradition in order to justify their restrictive gun control schemes that they want to put on, on everybody here in America. In the first paragraph, CBS acknowledges... The new legal test laid out by Justice Clarence Thomas in his majority opinion has reshaped the legal landscape for firearms laws and led to uncertainty over whether measures to aim uh, that aim to curb gun violence can survive legal scrutiny. Wah, wah, wah. Well, I want to break that down just a little bit because, first of all, it says the new legal test laid out by Clarence Thomas that is almost comical in and of itself because what's new about restricting gun gun ownership in this country um the the original intent of our founders was shall not be infringed remember that part shall not be infringed what does that mean that means you can't attach a lien you can't attach a condition you can't attach a restriction. You cannot regulate it. You cannot require extra hoops to jump through. It's a it's a absolute right. We'll talk about this on the other side. If you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license, we do have regularly scheduled LTC classes, which, by the way, is an infringement on your constitutional right. And we're still playing by the rules until the court comes through in our favor. But this includes ladies-only classes and couples classes. So sign up at capegunworks.com and we'll help you along the way. This is Rapid Fire. We'll be right back. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts. 
so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, a two-way talk show that you can call into or text or leave a message. If you call the Rapid Fire line, it's 508-444-2120. Any time of the day or night, that's 508-444-2120. Call or text. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about this um, CBS News report on the impact of last summer's Supreme Court ruling. And I'm unpacking this, this statement that CBS acknowledges uh, the new legal test, which I find to be almost comical. Uh, it is um, newly, res- it should say, I'd like to, you know, when people do a meme and they they say, I fixed it for you, and they kind of cross out words and insert other words. I'd like to do that on this and say, uh, the new legal text and cross it out and say, the newly restored legal test, you know, because the original legal test was, um, does whatever you're about to propose infringe upon my ability to keep and bear arms? If yes, uh, don't bother. If no, okay, let's bring it to a vote and discuss how it doesn't. But if it does, like it should automatically go into the trash can of um, other poorly thought through ideas on how to restrict Americans' rights. But anyway, uh, let's continue here. Uh, In his majority opinion, has reshaped the legal landscape for firearms laws. That I would agree with. It has reshaped, uh, or I would say it has brought back into focus the original intent of our founders. There, I fixed it for you. And led to uncertainty over over whether measures that Aim to curb gun violence. <clears throat> Wrong answer. Nope, that is that is what they say the aim is to cur- curb gun violence. But I'm going to fix this part for you too, and it's actually measures that aim to control the American population. There you go. That sounds better. Uh, can survive legal scrutiny. And that should have been the standard or the test for the last 200 years, right? Anytime a proposal has been made to restrict your ability to keep and bear arms, it should have been, wait a minute, can this survive the constitutional scrutiny? No, it cannot. So therefore, it shouldn't even be discussed. It should be thrown onto the ash heap of bad ideas. Um, That's the way I see it. But let's move on. 
Uh, the recent litigation history of just one organization, the Second Amendment Foundation, adequately confirms the CBS statement. In just the past several days, SAF filed a federal lawsuit challenging the recently signed Illinois gun ban legislation, alleging it to be unconstitutional and asserting the state has criminalized a common and important means of self-defense, the case known as Harold v. Raul. SAF an amended uh, filed an amended complaint in its challenge of New Jersey's revised gun permit law, adding one plaintiff and expanding its scope on so-called sensitive places. The case is known as Coons v. Plakin. The case was previously known as Coons v. Reynolds. SAF was already granted a temporary restraining order by a U.S. District Judge Renee Marie Bum and in the Cam- in Camden in that case. SAF and its partners in a federal uh, case challenging the federal prohibition on handgun sales to young adults ages 18 to 20 filed a reply brief supporting their motion for summary judgment in U.S. District Court for the Northern District of West Virginia. SAF is joined in this case by the West Virginia Citizens Defense League and two private citizens, Benjamin Weekly and Stephen Brown. The case is known as Brown v. ATF. And that's just three cases SAF is involved in. There are I would say dozens of cases throughout the country right now that are all being challenged in light of this Bruin decision, which courts got wrong for decades, especially in the First Circuit Court of Appeals or in the First uh, Circuit, you know, federal court system in where I live. Uh, we had district courts upholding um, legislative efforts by state government to restrict people's ability to keep and bear arms, guns that are in common and ordinary use everywhere in the country. Take, for instance, just the Glock pistol. This was done in 1998, restricted by Tom Riley, our attorney general at the time. Uh, Basically, it was a backdoor gun ban. They wanted to use consumer protection law, and they wanted to use um, this new attorney general regulations and basically sell it to the public as, we're just trying to keep you safe here. We're just trying to keep you safe. We we care more about your own safety than you do because you'd be willing to buy a pistol that's unsafe. And we only can say if it's safe is if an independent testing lab has dropped it, has burned it, has thrown it against the wall, has torture tested it, has shot it a lot. Meanwhile, they exempted law enforcement from their rules and regulations. They said, oh... Law enforcement can carry unsafe guns, but you, the peasantry, you, the people, um, we got to think for you because you're too stupid and you would go ahead and buy a gun that is inherently unsafe. Now, Glock is known as safe action pistol for a reason. It is known as one of the safest pistols on the market for a reason because the design of the gun is inherently safe, but not according to our attorney generals. They know better than you. They don't even know what a gun really is if you break it down or, or they're not able to even define certain firearms parts and stuff like that. But they know an unsafe gun when they see one. And the most popular gun in America, a Glock pistol, is one of them. So don't even think about arguing with them on this. They know better than you. And uh, so anyway, um, that is what they've been doing. And district courts have upheld the legislative efforts of the state 
and it's gone to court of appeals, which have upheld it and said, well, because the state wants it and they vote these people in office, we're going to let them have it. We're going we're gonna to uphold their decision. Well, Bruin decision turned all that on its head and said, no, nope, not for a minute. You cannot restrict people's right to keep and bear arms uh, unless it's supported in the text, history, and tradition of, of the Second Amendment. So that's been great, and it's going to clog up the courts for a long time to come. Uh, so let's see. The article goes on to say the government is required to show that the measure is consistent with the nation's historical tradition of gun regulation. In his majority opinion, Thomas wrote, we hold that when the Second Amendment's plain text covers an individual's conduct, the Constitution presumptively protects that conduct. To justify its regulation, the government may not simply posit that the regulation promotes a, an important interest. Rather, the government must demonstrate that the regulation is consistent with this nation's historical tradition of firearms regulation. But right at the end of his 63-page dissertation, which CBS suggests has left anti-gun politicians and their gun prohibitionist supporters reeling, Thomas made another observation that should be required reading for lawmakers from Albany, New York, to Sacramento, California. I would say Boston as well. Um, the constitutional right to keep and bear arms in public for self-defense is not a second-class right repeat after me, is not a second-class right subject to an entirely different body of rules than the other Bill of Rights guarantees. We know of no other constitutional right that an individual may exercise only after demonstrating to government officers some special need. That is not how the First Amendment works when it comes to an unpopular speech of the free exercise of religion. It is not how the Sixth Amendment works when it comes to a defendant's right to confront the witnesses against them. And it is not how the Second Amendment works when it comes to public carry for self-defense. Bravo, bravo. Um, this is something I've said. I, I've given speeches on this subject before, and I've said that exact same thing. There's no other right that puts you through the ringer like the Second Amendment does as far as state uh, governing bodies do. And no one would tolerate any other right being treated the same way as the Second, uh, second Amendment, which is not a second-class right. But just picture, and I say this a lot on the show, but picture uh, if you have to give a speech or you have to uh, speak at a public event, or you know, you're a school teacher going to be speaking to the in the school auditorium at the grad to the graduating class, or maybe you're the valedictorian, and you're you're going to give a speech because you're you got the best grades, and everyone wants to hear from you on graduation day, and you say to the valedictorian, "Ah, oh, this is great. You're going to be able to speak at graduation, but before you do, we have a government mandated." four-hour class that you have to attend. We're going to tell you what you can and can't say in that speech. And we're going to also tell you the laws around governing uh, speech. And then when you're done with that, you're going to go down to the local PD. You're going to pay them $100. And they're going to issue you a license that's good for five years. It's going to give you five years to be able to exercise your right to speak in public. And you're going to be able to do this for the next five years. And if it, you know, when it expires, you're going to have to renew it and pay another hundred bucks and come down and fill this out. And by the way, we're going to fingerprint you. We're going to photograph you. We're going to background check you. And we're going to um, give you a whole nother list of conditions when you can use said 
free speech and where you can use it and how you have to not use it when you're in certain places or certain uh, areas uh, that it is restricted. Um, if we made law like that and we put that out there and we required people to do that, the revolution would have happened or the civil war, I guess it would be, or or the fight against tyrannical government would have happened 50 years ago. Um, so this shows how much the media has bludgeoned the um, the narrative of, you know, the Second Amendment is not this absolute right, even though the founders were smart enough to put shall not be infringed in that. It was the only right that has the only enumerated right that actually has those words and it's the only one that has continued to be infringed upon uh, so overtly and hostily uh, is that a word? hostily? Uh, <laughs> with great hostility let's say that but if you travel or you want to get a license to carry in multiple states guess what? yeah we haven't got that far yet as far as restoring our right to keep and bear arms So we offer the Utah's 36-state concealed carry class, and you get everything you need to apply for the Utah license at the end of the class. So go to capecomerich.com and click on the class link to book the class today. And we will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. We've been talking a lot about the Second Amendment so far in the show, and now we're going to throw a curveball at you and go to one of my favorite parts of the show, because I get to talk about guns. And uh, this one is the savage... Wait a minute, we did this last week. This isn't the gun of the week. (laughs) That was last week's. I guess we should rotate these out. This week's gun of the week is the Blackwater 12-gauge Century shotgun. It is a 12-gauge pump shotgun, really smooth action, detachable magazine, and what I love about it is it's very much like AR-15 controls. So the safety is in the same spot. The mag release is in the same spot. The trigger feels just like AR-15 trigger. Uh, the grip on the gun as well. It's a fixed stock version. So um, it also has a QD sling swivel cup on the just behind the pistol grip. 
right about where you'd want the single point sling to be. And if you want to make a two point sling, uh, available. There's tons of Picatinny rail on this gun. It's probably about 16 inches of Picatinny rail, maybe 14 uh, Picatinny rail right on top. So you got plenty of real estate um, with defensive shotgun use. Um, you know, people like to attach either a laser or a flashlight, especially for home defense shotguns. So a lot of shotguns can end up with a lot of stuff on them. But what I like about this is it gets it right on top of the gun instead of on the handguard where it, you know, none of the, there's a lot of forend companies like Surefire and some other ones, Streamlight, that make a shotgun forend that have a light built into them. But it really changes the way the gun feels. It uh, has a different grip in your hand and less real estate for you to actually uh, hold the gun. But this gun, you could put the flashlight on top. You could put a laser on top. You could put a uh, red dot sight, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's a great option. You can even just put good old-fashioned, like, iron sights on it if you want. But I would say red dot would be almost, um, you know, mandatory for me in this situation. But this gun is really cool. Um, I I think it's a very underrated gun, and it's an extremely – uh, smooth action but somebody was buying this gun in the shop the other day and i said you know I, I i i personally love this gun and i think that it's an awesome choice for a home defense shotgun and he goes well that makes me feel better because you could tell he was a little on the fence as to whether to buy this or something else that's a little bit widely known and um but i said no i i really like it and i think if you're used to the ar-15 platform this is a very easy gun to roll into for the nomenclature of the firearm and uh, especially for the mag changes, et cetera, et cetera. Some of the 12 gauge guns that have a detachable mag are clunky or the mags go in a little bit funny. This one is just like an AR-15. It drops straight out and inserts straight in. So it's really easy to do mag changes on it. And uh, But I love how smooth it is. I love that the whole upper receiver on it is all aluminum and uh, really rugged, um, or an alloy. I guess I shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, just assume that it's alloy, uh, but it's a real rugged shotgun, lightweight and uh, smooth action, and plenty of real estate on it. So this is the gun of the week, the rapid fire gun of the week. I only have a few of these left, but I just thought I'd showcase it just to let everybody know about it because a lot of people don't even know that Blackwater make shotguns so blackwater firearms they are the company that you know made like mraps and were in uh iraq and afghanistan as independent contractors uh in support of the u.s war effort in those areas so a lot of a lot of contractors would leave the military and end up working for this company they had some hot water on their hands for a while there and uh so you know i'm not sure if they worked out all their details on that but uh, this is a cool gun, and I think it was uh, unique that they came out with it, and someone should have. Let's put it that way. So anyway, that's it. Uh, use code GOW for the Gun of the Week at rapidfireradio.us. Click on Gun of the Week button in the banner and use code GOW at checkout if you want it. And if you want to come check it out, we have it here at the shop. So, All right, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, we will be right back. I'm Toby Leary. is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. 
Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's federal ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only getting started. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And don't forget the poll of the day at rapidfireradio.us or if you go to uh, Twitter, Rapid Fire Radio, all one word. And uh, it is, if you could only have one gun for the zombie apocalypse, what would it be? A Remington 870 12-gauge, Remington 700 and 308 AR-15, or a Glock 17. Uh, and currently it's 80-20. AR, 80% say AR-15, 20% say a Glock 17. No votes so far for the Remington 870 or the Remington 700. Now in the chat, on the other hand, there's a ton of votes for the Remington 870. You guys got to go over to Twitter and click on Rapid Fire Radio dot, uh, and vote in the poll so I can get the official results. Um, but... Interesting. I would say that the second title to this poll would be if you could have only one gun for your bug out gun. It doesn't have to be the zombie apocalypse, but that's what we wrote in there. But just you could only have one gun if the you know what hits the fan, what would it be? And I still go with the AR-15. That's what I go with. And uh, apparently 80% of you agree with me. Um, And 20% of you would rather have a handgun so that's cool um i I totally understand that so go ahead and vote in the poll and uh we'll see how it shapes up over the course of the week uh so i'm going to get to your questions here i've been hogging the whole microphone and um let's go with uh let's see here um so Birdrunner wants to know if he can purchase the HK P30 directly from Langdon Tactical or do I need to buy a stock one and send it to them for custom work? By far the easiest thing is going to be get the stock one and send it to them uh, because if you had it transferred here and Langdon Tactical ends up becoming the manufacturer, technically it can't be transferred. So um, it all depends on who's the manufacturer. And it sounds to me like if they're getting guns in, modifying them and reselling them, they are now the manufacturer. So I would say you'd have to get it first and then just send it to them for the for their work. That's what I did with my uh, Nighthawk custom uh, 1911 that I bought from, you know, my first handgun I ever bought from Colt. Um, but I just sent it to Nighthawk. They did all their treatment and sent it back. So now I have a Colt that's basically a Nighthawk. So anyway, um, all right, let's see. Uh, a lot of votes, again, in the chat for the Remington 870. Um, let's see. I was recently told that you can have ammo delivered to our homes other than from local FFL dealers in this state. Is that true? Not that I would, but wondering. Um, there are some companies that will ship to Mass., uh, so you definitely can do that, um, and I think it's technically illegal for companies to do that if they don't have the, a uh, license to sell ammunition in this state, 
So I know the attorney general sent letters out and a bunch of them stopped doing it. and A few ended up doing it again. Cape Gunworks will certainly jump in the car and deliver to you anywhere in the state. Any deliveries over 300 bucks is free and uh, will deliver ammo right to your door. Um, so there you have that. <clears throat> um, DR is suggesting that never buy a gun or ammo with a credit card or debit card. Cash is king and always will be king. Um, that's probably some good advice, especially if you have a BOA card. <laughs> uh, so based on what I read in the first hour there, I mean, first segment, um, you know, it's funny to me when you go to a gun show, I did the Marlboro gun show a couple weeks ago and I would say 95% of all the sales were done with cash. And most people didn't even ask if we accepted credit or debit card. They just, one guy, you know, pulled out like a bank envelope of cash and it was, it was about an inch thick of hundreds. So he probably had 10 grand with him. He was walking around with, and, uh, you know, people are at gun shows. They're going to, they're going to pay cash. Um, so anyway, uh, skilled is pointing out that Boston got almost 5 million for red flag laws, uh, which is very interesting because I remember when they passed that just recently, that, that was a bill that went through nationally. It was one of the, as, uh, President Biden likes to point out that it was one of the most significant pieces of gun control legislation that has uh, gone through in the past, um, you know, whatever, five, ten years, whatever you want to call it. Um, and basically it was a bribe to uh, all the states to come up with a red flag law for your state. And Massachusetts had already done it. So I didn't know if we were going to get any of that money, but uh, I think – as you pointed out, we got $5 million for that red flag law that we already had. And um, they, the rest of the money, I think, is to be bribing states so that, you know, you'll get some of this money if you pass a red flag law. And I think the recent, um, the recent wave, if you will, or the recent tranche of mass shootings that we've seen prove that red flag laws just don't work because they're a law that doesn't regulate the heart or, or intent of bad or evil people. And in a lot of these cases, there were people who were already prohibited people in possession of firearms that went on to use them for evil intent. And, you know, red flag laws are basically another uh, major infringement on your right to keep and bear arms and it also violates other constitutionally protected rights, such as due process, such as the Sixth Amendment, which uh, is your right to confront your accuser. So how do you confront your accuser if a secret court is taking away your right to keep and bear arms without any of your knowledge of, of it happening? And then all of a sudden they show up at the door and say, give me your guns. So it's crazy. Um Let's see, uh, 500's pointing out that someone was making a revolver in 50 BMG. <laughs> That's crazy. That is totally nuts. Uh, hey, Ann, uh, thank you for listening while driving. Um, let's see. Uh, Bruno would go with the pump shotgun. Vinny would go with the AR-15. The Remington 870 for the zombie apocalypse. You want to knock them off their feet, not poke holes in them. Uh, well, I think both would happen if you... <laughs> um, uh, yeah, 
I'm not that much of an expert on zombies, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, Sean says the AR-15, and then G23 points out a good one, uh, that the AR-15, because of all the different uppers you have, you can get a 410 gauge shotgun upper, which we sell in the store. You can get 556, 223, 22LR, plus, you know, 300 blackout. And there's a million different calibers you could do in, in the uh, AR-15 platform. So uh, speaking about zombies, remember about 11 years ago when the guy went full zombie and ate the homeless guy's face off? Uh, yeah, I do remember that. That was down in Miami, Florida. That was pretty crazy. Um, it was a really awful story to read, and everyone was wondering what the heck got into him. But uh, skilled is saying AR-15. Uh, so anyway, uh, Bob is asking, Toby, what gun currently has your focus? What are you putting rounds through at the range most right now? That's a great question because normally I'm doing Toby Takes on the World and it's usually a different gun every time, so I'm not focusing on any one particular gun. I would say the one I'm using most often for, you know, just kind of reinforcing my training uh, for my EDC would be my SIG 365XL, which has a red dot sight on it, and that's the one I'm putting rounds through the most, I guess, which is still not nearly enough as my dismal performance against Nate in that Toby Takes on the World uh, Valentine's edition went so sideways on me yesterday. But I'm going to say that that was the gun's fault because I had no idea where that thing was hitting. And uh, Professor Claus says to me every week that I do it to myself because every time he suggests we do one of those Toby Takes on the World... I have to come up with some gun I've never shot or haven't shot in like forever to do it. I don't just take what I'm good with and use it and run it. Whereas Nate had his EDC on him with his red dot that he knows where the zero is, that he trains a lot with. And here I come out of the range office with a gun I've probably shot once in my life and no idea where it's shooting. So anyway, that's my excuse. I'm blaming it on the golf clubs. Uh, <laughs> it's not, it's not the operator error, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I can shoot better than I put on yesterday, but I'm, I'm making excuses for all the right reasons. So anyway, uh, let's see. Just the facts, ma'am. Oh man. Uh, and is pointing out a story of a guy who was killed because he brought his pistol into an MRI scan. Yeah, no, I did not hear that, but that sounds like a bad idea. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, I have not covered this, Mike, and thanks for pointing it out. Um, and maybe our next guest will be able to speak to this a little bit. But has the show covered the listening tour by certain mass reps about gun laws and gun violence that they will use a prox- use for proxy legislation this session? I got a few answers from the reps office involved. No, and what Mike's talking about is the listening tour kicked off, and uh, so state representatives and you know people involved in wanting to take away your rights and further infringe upon them have started a listening tour, which is, I think, part of the uh, regulation involved of them when they want to ban your right to keep and bear arms. they got to go out and hear from people. And unfortunately, they didn't do a whole lot of listening when they were at the... Uh, Tilden Arts Center the other day at the Four C's 
college where they, they kicked off their tour. I heard from people who were there, I couldn't make it because of a family obligation, but that there wasn't a whole lot of listening going on. There was a whole lot of talking, but very little listening. So anyway, that's what you can expect from this state. But by the way, guys, the first hour's in the bag. Um, it goes quick as usual. And thanks for tuning in. Remember, the show ends here. But we're going to talk for another hour to John Green from Gun Owners Action League. So you don't want to miss out on that. Stay tuned. You can call or text the Rapid Fire line. It's 508-444-2120. And go to rapidfireradio.us to ask your questions. And check out our online content. Freedom will always be on the right side of history. So stay tuned. We'll see you on the other side with John Green. I'm Toby Leary. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Once you're involved in something like this, the stress level... It can tear up a family. He said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom, but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened. 50-year-old Ford employee Billy Coert was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016. To have everything you work for taken away. Coart was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford where he'd worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Alexander Hamilton said those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks, Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. Constitutional carry has become all the rage these days. Apparently, the mainstream media has gotten all over this term, and they're really misinterpreting what it means. And there's something that you need to know as a responsibly armed American. Constitutional carry simply allows you to carry a gun without a permit. That's it. It does not vacate your responsibility of what you're going to do with that gun. Remember, you are responsible for every action you take and certainly every round that comes out of that muzzle. And constitutional carry doesn't take that away. So when we're arguing with anti-gunners who are complaining that constitutional carry makes the world less safe, let's remind them that whether a state has constitutional carry 
or an over-the-top requirement for you to get your concealed carry permit, none of that takes away your responsibility when you're dealing with a firearm. You will be held accountable for your actions as every responsibly armed American should be. So make sure you get the proper training and you know your laws so you're doing the right thing. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Tune in each and every week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. You can check us out on Rumble. We're on Rumble now. And you can like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms the handle is at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio on all of the usual big tech suspects and some of the new alternative sites as well. So you can find us on some freedom-loving social media sites. Really happy to have on the show with us. Uh, no stranger to Cape Gunworks, uh, a friend, somebody I consider a, a friend I've done a lot of training with, and uh, someone who has the finger on the pulse of Massachusetts gun politics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. John Green, he is the director of training for Gun Owners Action League. Thanks so much for being on the show. How are you, John? Everything is well. It's a pleasure to see you again, my friend. Yes. Um, so lots going on these days. Uh, I'm sure you got plenty on your plate and uh, <laughs> you've been, um, you know, obviously heading up the the fight in, in Massachusetts under the umbrella of Gun Owners Action League, which is doing phenomenal work. Um, You're you're the director of education and training. You do lots of classes, lots of training. You do gun seminars, legal seminars, plus a lot of the, you know, type of training that we've taken together, defensive fundamental training and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Why don't you tell everyone what what it is you do, you know, along with that, maybe dive in a little deeper, uh, what your role is at Goal and uh, what goals role is in Massachusetts as far as, uh, you know, keeping guns legal? <laughs> Let, then we'll work from the top down. So in the nutshell, goal advocates, we train, we educate. That's what we do. We have our lobbyist, Jim Wallace, our executive director. Mike Harris, fairly new to the goal staff. Mike's an absolute gold mine. He's our policy director. And Mike worked for a number of uh, state senators and reps. He's worked for uh, Department of Conservation and Recreation. Very well liked at the state house. And as you know, politics is all about relationships. Mm. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's not good. So that's goal's overall mission. Been around since 1974. I've been with Goal full-time for, my goodness, uh, started in August of 1999, full-time. So currently Goal's longest-running employee, honor, honor to, to do what I do. I get to wake up and do something that I absolutely love. I've met, you know, I consider you a very close friend. We have made wonderful relationships with people that, that truly care about their Second Amendment civil rights. Mm-hmm. So originally started off with goal uh, back in 1999 to increase the number of small bore uh, rifle teams, junior rifle 
three teams and did a great job with that state state coach with Maureen Trickett for a lot of years, taking the kids out to Camp Perry and New England to compete against other other teams. And uh, that has morphed currently now. I travel the state and I educate citizens and law enforcement and retailers on state and federal gun law, doing about two of those seminars a week all around the state. We work with environmental police officers, so when new EPOs are coming on onto the job, who does the state reach out to to educate those officers with our gun laws? They reach out to Goal. Talk about a feather in our hat. Mm. We've done that gun law seminar, mass gun law seminar, uh, for tens of thousands of people in in the past 15 years. One of our, our better programs on that. So travel the state, meet a lot of wonderful people. That's great. And, uh, you know, what's interesting about what you just said how you train the EPOs, the environmental police officers on mass gun laws, that they actually have a higher interaction with the public in regards to firearms than regular patrol officers do. As they should. We like to consider environmental police officers as liaisons to those of us that enjoy outdoor endeavors. Sometimes it's a positive interaction, other times not so much. But as we like to say when we're, we're putting on the seminar, and by the way, Toby, it's the exact same seminar that we provide to our citizens at our affiliated gun clubs. Mm. We want law enforcement to understand what we're telling the general public because nobody does it more often and better than goal. We don't have to agree that it's a good law or a bad law, but we should understand the consequences if one fails to abide by that law. And, and you know, as well as I do, the gray area is just unbelievable mm. with regard to statute and citation. Yeah. And Massachusetts, it's how ironic that the state goes outside of the state organization to a gun advocacy group. group Yeah, 501c4. Right. And I think that speaks volumes to A, the the great job you guys do, but B, the confusion of the law as written. Absolutely. I mean, it is just baffling. I've been at it for eight years, and some days I wake up and go, I don't know anything, you know, (laughs) and other days. (laughs) That's how I feel when I wake up every morning. Yeah, and uh, Mm -hmm. it's amazing because we have a large amount of police officers that come into the shop. Right. And when they ask me certain things, I wonder if I'm being set up, like, is there a candid camera (laughs) around? Am I, because they're asking me. You're being punked. (laughs) Right. And I'm, I'm wondering, like, am I being set up or do you legitimately not know the law in the state that you are a sworn officer in absolutely uh, one one officer i uh i had a gun on the table one day i br- actually i brought it out to show him and <laughs> it was pretty funny i was just like uh what would you do if you pulled somebody over with this in the sitting in the car you know what would you what would you do and he's looking at it and i'm not going to say what the gun is because it'll take all the fun out of it but it was <laughs> it it, it his eyes were wide as saucers and he goes well if it was you i'd say i know you know the law a lot better than me so uh, have a nice day but if it was joe citizen i might have to make a few phone calls you know (laughs) 
and, and the good police officers will. Yeah. They'll make that phone call to find out rather than just, you know, oh, this is what I heard. Let's face it, the ignorance surrounding not only law enforcement, but citizens and retailers were excluding you from this when we talk about retailers. The, the ignorance of the law is, is, is so hard to believe. But, I mean, you know this one, right? We all know right. this one. Right. Look at this. That's Massachusetts gun law and regulation, and it doesn't even call, cover all of it. Right. Right. This book, the last eight pages are federal firearms laws. Up to that, the, the, the previous 300, almost 400 pages, 400 plus pages is all regulation, statute, rosters. It's, it's ridiculous. It's not fair. Right. It's not fair to those charged with enforcing the law. It's not fair to those of us that just simply want to be compliant with the law so that we don't lose our, our Second Amendment civil rights. Yeah, and like in the last segment before the hour, uh, end of the last hour, I was talking about this as it relates to Second Amendment rights. But take that book, 400 pages of uh, law and regulation and rules, and apply it to any other enumerated right. Doesn't exist. You'd have a revolution on your hand within 24 hours. Of course, as they should, as we should. Right. But Mm -hmm. where did we go wrong and lose that narrative that it's okay to do to the Second Amendment, but not okay to do to the First or the Fourth or the, you know, Fourteenth Amendment or the Sixth Amendment or, you know, why do why is it that it, the Second Amendment, the one, by the way, that has an asterisk at the end that says, shall not be infringed, exactly. is the one that we write a 400-page book on mass law on how to navigate through mass law, but yet uh, apply that to any other law, uh, any other enumerated right, and it doesn't work. So where did we lose that fight and how, you know, how do we get it back? How do we get that? I have an opinion on that. Right. Right. I have, my opinion is Vietnam War, the assassination of the Kennedys. Prior to that, we had guns in the schools, right? right? Kids would take their guns to leave them in the principal's office or put them in the locker so they could hunt on the way home. How many schools had indoor ranges, the mm. riflery teams, and then they started taking the guns out of the front doors. And now in 2023, we see these spree killers bringing guns into the back door. And that whole time, Toby, we didn't have enough good men and women standing up and say, this is wrong. Mm. And now it's left to you and I and, and, and citizens that enjoy our Second Amendment civil rights to really come up and start advocating. And that's what we try to do. We try to make advocates. Goal is a, a small staff of four, and we can't possibly be everywhere all the time. We provide information. We provide the bill numbers when they're forthcoming, and we educate. And now it's left to that citizen advocate to get out reach out to their elected officials and let them know the facts and, and how they feel on the matter. That's how you make change. Amen to that. Um, so let's fast forward. Now we are in this fight. We've seen the slippery slope happen. We have all kinds of stuff going on in this state. We have a two pronged gun control scheme, basically or paradigm. We have the mass law and legislation that passes laws. And then we have, the uh, attorney general's office, which is also very hostile to firearms ownership in the state with their own set of rules and regulations or a Commonwealth of Mass Regulations, CMRs as they're known as, which regulate, you know, what gun you can and can't buy and certain rules and certain design criteria of guns and whatnot. Uh, You did a lot of work on this uh, with the whole uh, Warman v. Healy, I believe, or was it... uh, 
Is that the one, or am I confusing? Berman v. I... Healy was the assault weapons suit. Okay, that was the assault weapons. Supreme weapon. Court in, in June of 2019 said, "Listen, we're not we're not hearing any more Second Amendment related cases." Lo and behold, you know that's because the Bruin decision was where, or the Bruin case was working its way up through the courts, mm-hmm. and and we're recognizing wonderful things from coming through that. But the wheels of justice turn at a snail's pace. Mm. Yeah. But you guys did a lot of Freedom of Inf- Information Act requests and found that all of this stuff that we live under, this regime that we live in, under of rules and regulations and laws in Massachusetts was all done as gun bans. It was never to keep us safe. It was never to, uh, right, you guys? Uh, Toby, a perfect example of that would would have been Scott Harshbarger's CMR, 940 CMR 16.00, right? We spent we spent thousands of dollars. Let me tell you, information is not free. Freedom of information is <laughs> not free. We wrote ungodly amount of checks to the to the attorney general's office under Harshbarger while we were determining okay why these CMRs and it had nothing to do with safety it had nothing to do with reducing crime or accidents it had everything to do with reducing the number of of lawfully regulated items guns sold to Massachusetts residents right so we know all handguns are legal for a citizen to possess as long as it's not a post-ban assault weapon and they have an LTC, but why are retailers limited to such a, a small list of guns that are owned across the country? I mean, perfect example, law enforcement's exempt from the CMR, right? right? And, the, and, and the whole guise of the CMR is all about, oh, gun safety and, and the gun has to, has to be able to fire with, without stoppages or malfunctions and it can't go off by itself because it's all about safety for the consumer. But law enforcement is exempt. Right. So, Attorney General Harshbarger, do you want police officers to have, as you would say, unsafe guns? You can't have it both ways, mm. right? All of our laws have nothing to do with reducing accidents or reducing crime, right? And sure, I'm being a little bit flipped to this. It has everything to do with reducing the number of lawful gun owners and the number of guns that we can lawfully purchase as a Massachusetts LTC holder. Yeah. And that fact. I agree a hundred percent. That's exactly what it is. It's a choke point. It is a, you know, funnel where the masses have to go through and, and it restricts them and it delays. And, you know, there's that saying, and I've said it on this show before, but, you know, justice delayed is justice denied. Totally. And same thing applies to your right. A right Absolutely. that is delayed is a right denied. And if you think about it, the people that may need to acquire a firearm uh, quickly for personal protection or self-defense reasons are probably the ones that are the most at risk individuals out there. Maybe there's a uh, an ex, you know, sibling. I mean, a ex, uh, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever that is crazy and is about to walk straight through a restraining order. But yet, the process takes from uh, class to issuance of license to carry anywhere from probably two to four months if you're yeah. lucky. Right. And look at it, 131E under Chapter 140. The licensing authority shall, not may, but shall issue or deny the LTC within 40 days. Right. Right. How many departments are getting it done in 40 days? You know, I, I know it's more than, than 
the number of fingers I have, right? But we have people, we, people in Boston that have been trying to make an application appointment for a year. And you talk about a right delayed is a right denied. Of course, right. it's a lousy system. B- uh, goal is filed a bill that would remedy uh, the licensing. We know that we're never going to get rid of licensing. We're not going to be a constitutional carry state because we just don't have enough advocates. Is it possible? Absolutely. Is it probable, Right. Yeah, we need more advocates. It's a simple mathematical equation. Uh, and, and yet, you know, I want to uh, shout out to all the great police chiefs and licensing officers that are busting their can to get it done within the 40 days. And we know that there are departments that are getting it done in, in three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, well within the 40-day time frame. But what about these other communities where people are waiting months to get the appointment and then months to get the LTC or the FID card when the law states 40 days. Right. I think if if they uh, come through and f- don't come through in 40 days, it should be an automatic issuance, kind of like the uh, like the uh, you know the ATF NICS check, uh, the yes. FBI NICS check. If you don't get a response from NICS within three business days, then you can sell the gun. Same thing should happen here. If you don't hear within the state required amount of time. They should have to issue the license on the spot. 100%. And the, the bill that Goal filed uh, does exactly that. Nice. If the license is in, isn't issued in the proper number of days, then it is a foregone conclusion the license is issued. Now it's left to law enforcement to say, oh, no, here's the, here's the, the reason why that person doesn't get the license because they've been convicted of a co- crime punishable by more than two years in jail or they've been confined for mental illness or drug or alcohol abuse. Hey, John, uh, we, we got a caller real quick. Uh, do you okay. mind taking a quick call? Well, of course. So we got KP on the line. Go ahead, KP. Hey, uh, Toby. Hey, John. How are you? I just had a quick question. Um, so I'm a lifetime member of the NRA, um, have been for a while. Um, I, I joined Goal last year. Thank I plan you. On, um, I, yeah, I thank you. Um, thank all of you. Uh, I plan on, um, you know, lifetime membership at GOA coming up as soon as my tax return comes through. But I, I realized um, a short time ago that obviously like all these legal battles, uh, they take a lot of money and, and the people, uh, us, the 2A community who are going to benefit the most by winning these battles need to step up, um, pull out your wallets and, um, you know, and, and contribute. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the day where hopefully you know, the roster in Massachusetts, you know, goes away, gets ruled unconstitutional, the assault weapons ban, like everything. I just kind of wanted to get your, um, you know, crystal ball opinion on, you know, if A, B, and C states uh, assault weapon bans fall, uh, this is what I see happening for Massachusetts in the future um, because because of it. Um, and um, right me and make me feel good. <laughs> Well, that's a great question. Uh, thanks for the call, KP. And actually, it goes along with what I was going to ask you anyway, John, which is, you know, I know Goal is being very frugal with its members' money and, and not yeah. just rushing in, you know, after spending all that money for Warman v. Healy and certain other challenges that were upheld by district courts and and uh, First District Court of Appeals, et cetera, et cetera. And I know how expensive this is. You're taking more of a wait and see approach with, like, say the, um, you know, the the stuff happening on the West Coast with the uh, Bonta cases. I think there's two or three, the ones that are in the hands of uh, Benitez and et cetera, and seeing where where those all shake out. Correct if uh, correct me if I'm wrong. 
So we know that FPC has a case, hasn't seen much movement out of it with regard to uh, Healy and Baker, of course, when Baker was governor, with regard to the approved firearms roster and the 940 CMR 16.00. I'd actually had a conversation. Uh, Rob Pincus put me in touch with Adam Kraut. I said, Adam, way back in 2000, Gold did this expose through Freedom of Information Act with regard to the uh, regulations. And we have all this this documentation and data. So I ended up sending everything down to FPC and they thanked me profusely, said, excellent, this is certainly going to help the case. But again, the wheels of justice move extremely slow. There is a case we haven't heard much on it. Uh, that's all I can tell you with regard to the uh, the, the potential uh, deletion of the approved firearms roster, the target pistol roster, the Olympic pistol roster, and 940 CMR 16.00. Uh, the latest the latest suit that we're involved in now is the information dump from Firearms Records Bureau, right? So that is that is a, a new case we're working with hand in hand with Commonwealth Second Amendment to to bring this case forward. But it is moving again at a snail's pace, but it's brand new. We're looking at suits with regard to why can't we have a loaded uh, pistol on an ATV, right? With the Bruin decision. I should be able to carry a pistol when I'm in the woods, whether I'm on a, a horse, which there's no prohibition, by the way, having a loaded gun on a horse that we can find. But how come I can't when I'm on my Enduro, when I'm on my side-by-side or my snowmobile or my ATV, even if I'm on my own property? Mm. So that's that's one of the cases that we're looking at now. As far as the assault weapons ban cases, yeah, absolutely, we've been down that road. We spent $80,000 of members' money for what? Right to be denied by the Supreme Court of the United States. Again, Bruin was in the, in the pipeline. So we're trying to, to look at cases, talking with knowledgeable people, attorneys, COM2A, law enforcement. Okay, with the Bruin decision, where do you think we're going to have success? And it's just nipping, nipping, nipping away at this. Mm. We also have to be aware of, listen, you want to know what's going to happen? Look at New York. Look at New Jersey, how they're punishing their citizens because of the Bruin decision, right? That's all you have to look. Just look at some of the, the anti-civil rights states in and around Massachusetts. Right. That's so let's, where the let's, legislature is, is, is headed. That's where our, J, our AG is going to be headed. We're being punished because the Supreme Court of the United States said, hey, you can't treat the Second Amendment as a second-class right. Yeah, so I'm glad you said that. That's something I want to look at and dive into a little bit deeper. Do you think we have uh, Healy, we have um, the new attorney general um, as well, and if we start to see wins in the court, are we going to be punished by this administration? And Healy's already said there's more work to be done, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. You know, they're never happy with being one of the most restrictive states in the country, not to mention and I think we we danced around this a little bit at the start um, about how some of the myths of of gun control, if you will, and that is that you know we're we're safe, we're one of the safest states in the country because of our strict gun laws. I think actually the opposite is true. We are the most violent state in New England. Yes. Because of our gun laws. <laughs> Absolutely. And we saw that increase using the state's own data uh, as it changed from 1998, right? Mm. 1998 to 2023, we have become one of the most violent states in New England, 
right? We went from 1.2 million licensed gun owners prior to the Gun Control Act of 1998 down to, what, 120,000, and we've worked our, our numbers up. We're back up close to 600,000 licensed gun owners. Imagine what would happen in this state if 600,000 licensed gun owners decided that they're going to start advocating on behalf of their Second Amendment civil rights. It would be a different playing field, 100%. Mm. Yes, it would. So do you think, uh, you know, I, I think historically or in the last couple administrations or the last, say, three or four years, if you will, we were kind of at this impasse where no new gun control legislation was really voted out of committee. It was brought to the table every year by the usual suspects, but it was never voted out of committee. And it was also true that we really didn't see any favorable movement in the legislature uh, for restoring any of our rights. We were kind of at this, you know, impasse, if you will, or status quo was being upheld. Do you see that continuing or do you think that there's going to be hostility from uh, the new administration on as far as rest- further restrictions. Maybe they won't call it gun control. They'll call it some, you know, gun safety thing or like, you know, strengthening red flag laws or, you know, doing away with, you, you know, private transfers, in- instituting universal background checks. But we all know what it is. It's gun control. And do you see that actually starting to take a foothold or do you think we'll continue with the trend of this maintaining status quo unless the boat gets rocked by positive outcomes in court systems? And I know this is a big crystal ball type of thing. No one really knows, but. And I don't like crystal balls. I don't like crystal balls, but I think one only has to look at the bills that are coming out of the state house now with regard to uh, anti-second amendment civil rights stances. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have new players. You have to remember, we don't have any hunters. There's what one or two hunters in the state house now, right? 20 years ago, we had we had 30, 40 hunters in the state house. We're losing that. So we're losing that voice in the state house. And that's where the advocacy part picks up. All right. Hold that thought. We're going to be back on the other side. We're talking to John Green from Gun Owners Action League on rapid fire so if you want to give us a call it's 508-444-2120 we'd be happy to take your calls and we're going to continue the conversation on the other side i'm toby leary stay tuned the firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today the uscca can help fortify your home sharpen your awareness and develop your defensive plan Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today.
to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm glad to have on the line with us right now John Green, Director of Education and Training from Gun Owners Action League, who's doing a phenomenal job here behind state lines, uh, enemy lines in the state of Massachusetts. I'm just happy, John, you haven't moved north and gone to New Hampshire or, or left us here to fight the fight ourselves. <laughs> Uh, Toby, the staff is always has always advocated for a gold north, <laughs> just over the line. Right. Yeah, just over the line. It would make I sense. I want a suppressor. I want a suppressor. <laughs> I hear that. Uh, so uh, before we continue the conversation, I know I said we'd hold that thought, but we got a caller on the line. Pete, Excellent. you're next with Toby Leary and John Green from Gun Owners Action League. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, hosting. I had a question. Uh, I think the anti's use the. Uh, the, the chaos and the, the number of um, cases and in bills and, and and different things against this law and laws against us. And I had the question in the past about putting uh, some kind of a scoreboard or some sort of a an online uh, chart of all the different things that are happening. And some of the national level organizations attempt that. Uh, but it can be daunting. So I'm wondering if, uh, if at the state level, if Bull has ever attempted uh, to make some order out of the chaos to help us understand what all is important or what all is active or urgent. Yeah, like a, uh, a Gun Owners Action League you know, scoreboard that says what's in process, wins and losses. That's actually not a bad way for at a glance uh, what, what do you think, John? Is that something? So are you talking about legislation or are you talking about uh, court cases? Are you talking about anecdotal evidence? Well, I mean, that's, I guess, the question. That's a good question. And that's, I guess I'm talking about all of the above because there's so much to keep track of. Um, I know that the websites will often attempt to do it, but we're often doing it in a uh, chronological, you know, what's, what's most recent and here's the news articles or here's the blog. Is there anything like a uh, scoreboard to let us know all the different issues that we have to keep track of so we can see what's important or urgent and what we can, what might be coming and what we can. Well, well, I can tell you that as far as what could be coming, Gold does a fantastic job with regard to bills that are filed and, and releasing information. There's a hearing on this day, right? Gold was one of the only, only, uh, organizations to get out about this listening tour at Cape Cod Community College, right? The legislature didn't release any of that information. There was a lot of, of gun owners in that because Goal released that information. Uh, when we get it, we put it out to our membership because that's our job. Sometimes we don't get it. Uh, I know a year or two ago with some of the hearings, right, we never got that information. And we're trying to get a hold of that information as early as possible to give that information out to our members so they can say, all right, three weeks from now, I need to be at the, at the local community college because they're having a hearing on some subject matter that, that will affect my Second Amendment civil rights. Right? As far as the scoreboard, I can tell you this, staffing. That's what it is. There are only four people that work for goal. Right? We have close to 600,000 licensed gun owners, less than 3% belong to Gun Owners Action League. You know, give us 50,000 members. We could triple our staff and be so much more effective at our mission. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's funding, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's a funding issue. 
And it looks like on the goal website, you actually had this sort of thing on the uh, goals record of success. I dropped the link in the chat. Yes. And it was going strong till about 2014. Then it kind of, right. you know, which obviously I can understand why funding and staffing and, and whatnot. So, um, but I will say a, a large part of it might have been, you know, there hasn't been probably in the last three or four years anyway, there hasn't been a significant piece of gun control or gun rights restored in our state, correct? Exactly. And a lot of the work, the advocacy work that Jim Wallace has been so successful at, and now with Mike Harris, is keeping bills in committee from ever seeing the the, 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 the daytime, yeah. as they say, right? That's a huge part of our mission. The listening tours, Jimmy goes around where reps will call him up and we're having a meeting at, you know, Mr. Smith's house or Mrs. Smith's house, just a small group of, of active individuals, whether they're for the, our Second Amendment civil rights, or maybe they're not against our Second Amendment civil rights. It's all relationships, folks. Mm. That's why it's so important. Citizens have to have a relationship with their elected officials, whether it's, you know, they're, they're Democrats or they're Republicans or independents. Your elected official has to know you by name and by face. So when they vote against you, they, oh, yeah, Bill and, and, and his wife, Colleen, they're, they're upset at me because I voted this way. Mm. We have turned so many hearts and minds away just by having good relationships. So now Jim gets calls all the time from, from uh, elected officials that don't vote with goal on gun issues, but they'll poll Jim on some other issue that doesn't affect Second Amendment civil rights because he is respected at that state house. Yeah, nice. So you you mentioned something, um, listening tours, and obviously the state has this listening tour going on now. And the first one was kicked off in my town here at Barnstable the other night at um, the uh, Tilden Arts Center. And and, uh, I heard it was um, not very well attended, but uh, also it was also not much of a listening tour. So uh, they basically... Uh, it was a speak at tour, tell, telling people what they want to do as as far as suicide and all that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And the feeling or the takeaway from it from a lot of people was that something's coming down the pipeline and they're trying to just get the message out there and tell you why they're going to do what they're going to do. Is that your uh, feeling that of what's going on out there with this? Oh, absolutely. So <clears throat> the first listening tour was about suicide awareness and, and trying to reduce suicides. I can tell you, Toby, that one of the uh, panelists, Kelly Cunningham, uh, Kelly and I sit on what's known as the Governor's Challenge Council to reduce suicide among veterans and their families. Right? This is a national program. We're working with, uh, working with that program to release a number of videos that people uh, will share, hopefully instructors will share in their courses, just to bring you know suicide awareness and, and, and and things that you can do if you know somebody's going through a rough patch, other than having government mandates mm. apply. This is, you know, New Hampshire's been phenomenal with this, with the New Hampshire Firearm Safety Coalition, a coalition of public and private officials, retailers, firearms instructors, because ultimately it's our responsible uh, responsibility as a Second Amendment civil rights community to provide help for friends and family members that are going through a rough patch. So I spoke with Kelly, and I said, you know, Kelly, what did you think of this? And she says, it wasn't what I was expecting. And I, I tell you, it was quite edu- educational for me, mm. right? I know she was, she was, you know, saying it in a soft and gentle way. 
talking with people that attended it. We had Carrie Ann Auclair and uh, Renee Gagne from uh, the DC project, Educate Before Legislate, right? The story that they told was, you know, we were able to get up and speak our mind and people brought up with them all of the gold talking points that we put out on our, our website and emailed to people. And it was, the panel got uh, quite a bit of a surprise, mm. quite a bit of a surprise there. Well, that's good. That's really good to hear. And uh. the, the, the future listening tours are going to be less about suicide, you know, reduction and awareness and, and more about the laws. So the big question that 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 goal and, and anybody who cares about the Second Amendment civil rights in Massachusetts say, OK, if this is a listening tour, if this is a top down review of our current statutes and CMRs, are you prepared Massachusetts legislature to start rescinding laws that that have not come to par, have not done anything but increased violence and increased criminal activity. Mm. So that, that's a very good question for these panelists. Yeah, exactly. Especially if it doesn't have the desire. Like, that's the thing with gun control is we know the uh, the we know the methodology. It, they pass it. It doesn't work. So they got to pass something else. It doesn't work. So they got to pass something else. So they, they, you know, it's this never ending cycle of new legislation. And, you know, we heard Maura Healy say it a couple weeks ago and just so much good work has been done. And but there's so much more work to be done. Like we're not done yet. And it's like, well, if what you've done in the past isn't working, why do you think that it's going to continue to uh, all of a sudden it's going to work, you know, by passing another law, which, you know, we're, we're targeting criminal element or those who are severely criminally insane, uh, whether they're, uh, you know, suffering from all kinds of mental illness or not, but either the, what do you, either the case, they don't care about the law. We just saw it. We just saw it the other day in, uh, you know, this, this, yeah, Michigan, this shooting guy was already a prohibited person. He was already, um, you know, out on, uh, some sort of release Lean sentencing. Yeah. They, they, he should have been in jail, right. right? So he was a prohibited person, obtained a gun, right? But he should have never been out on our public ways. He should have been in jail. And, and the prosecutor and the judge did not give him the sentence that he had earned for his previous crime. So 100%, this falls on the judicial system. Mm. 100% guy should have never been on a public way. And, and he was, he obtained a gun and he did terrible things with it. Right. So when are our policymakers going to to protect our students, our kids in the schools, rather than all this bullshit talk of passing more laws and all those laws do is they affect you and I, the people that want to be compliant with our laws. Mm. No, a hundred percent. I agree. And uh, you know, I love what you said that, you know, once it rule, you know, you see legislation that doesn't work. You know, I think you could point to all gun control legislation, but after it's been in a law in the land forever, and all it does is restrict the law-abiding's right to keep and bear arms, or make another hurdle or a hoop to jump through, make it go away. You know, it should have a sunset law on it at, at the very least. Toby, I don't know, 12 or 12 years ago, 14 years ago, we had a, a drive, a media drive, a media uh, uh, blitz that would have scrapped chapter 140 in its entirety, right? And, and start, start anew, just delete all the laws that haven't been working and create less laws that are easy to understand. And, and behind closed doors, our elected officials, our, our, our senators and our representatives, 
Jim Wallace, that's a great idea. That's what needs to be done, but it'll never happen in Massachusetts. Yeah. Right. Because it's not about solving the problem. It's about ultimately no citizens possessing guns. That's ultimately their goal. Anybody that thinks differently, anything, anybody that says, Oh, they don't want your guns. They don't want your guns. That's, you know, I'm preaching to the choir, but we know that to be true. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard people say that it's not true. They just want to make it safer and all that. And this is a message that dates back to 1993 and well before that when I first became a gun owner. And I remember shouting from the rooftops, it's a gun grab. They want to ban guns. No, they don't. They just want to make it safer for our community. Nope. The end result is total gun confiscation and they're not going to rest until they have that no matter what they the evidence is clear the evidence is clear on that there's no gun safety taught in schools when when they passed the extreme risk protection order laws uh, years ago we had uh, we had bills that would have required okay you've stripped somebody of their second amendment civil rights because they were danger to themselves and others. Okay, what are you providing them for medical treatment, right? Do they have a counselor assigned to them? Are you going into their home and in addition to taking the guns, are you taking the the, the chemicals under the sink? Are you taking the ropes, right? Mm -hmm. No, no. And, And on the house floor, they pulled out all of that mental health help with the extreme risk protection orders. I mean, it's just disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. And these are the people that, that are elected to lead us. It's, right. it's shame at best. You know, it was interesting. I was watching a podcast, uh, not a podcast, but a news. Uh, we, we talk about, uh, you were talking about Rob Pincus earlier, but uh, he was given an interview on a news group about right after the MSU shooting, um, the Michigan State University shooting. And he was talking about this mental health component and the the irony of what the host said to him was uh, basically he was saying instead of coming and taking people's guns how about we start to hone in on people and and if somebody is really uh, suffering from mental illness that we get them some help and you know in most states you can actually have someone uh, unwillingly committed if there's evidence that shows that they are uh, you know a serious threat or danger to themselves or others so you get them evaluated not just committed for an overnight stay in the you know protective custody but you actually get them evaluated and the 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 host it was it was unbelievable said isn't that a slippery slope that we're going down where we're gonna take people out of their homes and rob was very good he said yeah this should definitely not be used unless it is an extreme case and uh, I wish he had, you know, had the time to follow up with, but that's what's been happening to gun owners for, you know, 10 years in this state or whatever, almost 10 years in this state where it's pull the gun first, ask questions later and prove your innocence rather than, uh, you know, saying, hey, you're, if you're truly suffering from mental illness or you have mental health issues, let's get you some help. And, Absolutely, and get you evaluated, and then get you uh, some serious help. And now, I, you know, I'm not for unconsenting incarceration either, except if somebody you know who I love is a danger or a threat to themselves or others, and then you know they refuse to get the help that they need. 
and that could blow up and and end up hurting somebody else I love, then yeah, we need to we need to act. But that involves like rolling up our sleeves and being a uh, being a friend and being a brother and being a father and being a ch- you know a good listener and you know helping our community get better and stronger. I think you've alluded to that too, and what you're talking about is being an advocate, right? That's really Absolutely. that's really what the work gets done in Massachusetts or in whatever state you live in. How can people become an advocate? What's step one? I'm Joe Gun Owner. I just got my LTC. I'm coming down to Cape Gunworks later to pick up my first gun. But I believe in the fight. I believe in what we're doing. How can I get involved? What can I do to make a difference? Educate yourself. First and foremost, you have to educate yourself. A goal worked with a Blue Ribbon Commission uh, years ago, and it was enlightening. We had uh, representatives from, you know, stop handgun violence in the same room, and they had no idea what 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 laws already existed. They said, well, just if they're going through mental, mental strife, you know, just the guns need to go to a dealer. Okay, that sounds good. The problem is when they when they're when they're they're better. In many cases, the dealer cannot return the guns, right? If it's an AR-15, we can't return the gun. If it's if it's a, a handgun and it's not on the approved roster or exempt from that roster, we can't return the gun, right? So educate yourself as to the laws and regulations that already exist. Gold does a great job educating the, the consumer and the licensee. And then reach out to your elected officials. If you're a Republican and they're a Democrat, if you're an independent and they're a Republican, it, it doesn't matter what's after their, their names. They have to know you by name. They have to know you by face. Thank them when, they, when you agree on something and educate them when you disagree on something. Mm. That's the key. Yes, I agree. And, and hold and hold these elected officials accountable. Mm. Well, that's an interesting statement because, um, you know the the way things are run right now in the state house are there's not even roll call vote votes anymore for ninety percent of the bills that are hitting the floor. It's done in committee. They know what's going to pass, and then they basically. Introduce a bill, say the eyes have it, and the next bill, right? There's no roll call vote. So um, something as important as the Second Amendment, I would hope that one of the ways we could be an advocate and be and hold our representatives accountable is say, listen, this is an enumerated right by the Constitution. You, at the very least, better advocate for a roll call vote rather than just letting you know it be done kind of parliamentary uh am i right or am i wrong or is that you're, like- you're 100 correct on this i mean there, there's no consequences for these elected officials they get in they change the rules to benefit them mm-hmm. right and what you're saying about a lot of this stuff is already decided in committee right yeah. the, the house speaker the senate president they tell people what's to happen and now unfortunately in massachusetts right there there it's a it's the the epitome of a one party system mm. right the ag's office the senate the house it's it's all democrat run now granted we have some fantastic civil rights supporters that are 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 democrats so and we've had republicans that have voted against us mm. right so to me it doesn't matter what's after their name show me the votes you're either with us or you're against us. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah, that I agree. And, uh, you know, it's hard at this point. I even know 
representatives that are frustrated because they feel like they can actually do very little because it's all done in committee and already, you know, a, a foregone conclusion. If a bill hits the floor, it's getting voted through. It's not it's not up for debate. It's not up for roll call unless, you know, they can demand a roll call. But, uh, you know, you can't do it for every bill or else you end up being, you know, the redheaded stepchild of the of the <laughs> of the legislature. But um we have a question here on the chat. Uh, Steve is wondering if there's any plans for the 2023 Goal 2A Fashion Expo. Do you have it? Is that correct? Yes, happen? as a matter of fact, they have a date. I believe it's April 1st. There's information on our website. I know there's a board meeting tomorrow night. The committee will provide a report on that. I don't believe so many tickets or very many tickets have been sold yet for that event, and it's only six weeks away. But that is, you know, one of my favorite goal events. The, the board over the past couple of years have done a, just a phenomenal job producing that show so uh, talk it up share it with your friends buy tickets the, the board needs to see tickets to be sold um, I know that they're working with sponsors for that I'm sure somebody's contacted you Toby if not the, the board's going to get an earful tomorrow night on that <laughs> I don't want to get anyone in trouble but I haven't heard but that doesn't mean they haven't contacted us but I personally have enough. not have Fair not enough. heard uh, but yeah, you're, you're well, this high above, you're this high above, right? <laughs> Sometimes, if, uh, you know, I'm on a need to know basis, but um, the, <laughs> well, I, would I appreciate it when you take my phone calls, friend. <laughs> any to, every time. Um, I would definitely support. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about it? Um, do you know where it's being hosted? Is it? No, no, I, I don't. I should okay. know this, but this is a, a committee thing. All the information's on our web page. Okay. And, uh, and I believe Angie put forth, uh, I think she might have sent out an email blast on it. I haven't checked my emails uh, yet for this afternoon, but I know factually there is information on the goal webpage about it. All right. Awesome. Fair enough on that. And uh, so it's a it's basically a, a fashion show, right? But awesome. around uh, everyday carry or holsters and, you know, uh, uh, basically products that that help you in however you're going to carry right and it's not limited to women it's men and women i know charlie cook has been a model in it which i'm sure he likes to i wonder how that happened yeah (laughs) we'll have to give him some uh some i've seen him in a speedo yeah (laughs) yeah the tactical speedo is uh that's right something that you can never done they have the walkway they have all the lights they have the makeup artists come in and uh, they talk about the products there's a lot of accoutrements swag it's it's just a a great event great hors d'oeuvres great drinks and, and great camaraderie most importantly, great camaraderie. Yep. I, uh, I definitely, um, I've, I, I hate to, re- I regretfully can say I've never attended, but I'm definitely uh, wanting to make it a, a regular event in my, okay, so it's at Cyprian Keys in Boylston, Mass. Yes. It's 50 bucks. You can go right on the Goals website, click through and get the, get your ticket, but it sounds like a whole lot of fun uh, and definitely something uh, that, um should happen and and it looks like uh this is what the third or fourth annual i think if yes there might have been some covid interruption in there of course but absolutely i think it'll be the third show that we're having i could be off a year i'm always off a year yeah (laughs) very cool but a great time thank you for the plug yeah no no i'm really uh glad it's still happening because i wasn't sure if it was so that's good um and uh so so we got that going on. Um, we got this listening tour. You know, obviously, you'd probably recommend that members 
go and get some talking points and and stand up and let their voice be heard and uh, will, you know, hopefully stem the tide of any potential gun control that's coming down. The key is there, Toby, you know, attend the listening tours, pull down the gold talking points. And and most importantly, I, I've been urging clubs for, for, for years, for as long as I've been with goal, small groups make appointments when your local officials are holding office hours mm-hmm. and three or four representatives go in, sit down and, and talk with your elected officials because during these hearings, when do they have the hearings? Two o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon when, when most people are working and, and who's opposing us, all the, all the anti-Second Amendment civil rights folks filled with ignorance all walking around in, their, in the same color T-shirts, right? Only one side is getting heard. Mm. And I know the system is, is rigged against us. So yeah. these listening tours are so important. I agree. Um, hopefully, I think the last time this happened, there was a lot of gun control on the, on the chopping block, on the docket. The listening sure. tours happened. A lot of people got involved, called the reps, did, attended these. And I think the bill that ended up descending on us was a much different bill than was proposed. You are correct. The, the Gun Control Act of 2014, you know, I'll go toe-to-toe and say we got a lot of good things out of that. Did we get everything? No, of course not. We're lucky we got what we got, but it was 100% due to the advocacy of, of people that care about their Second Amendment civil rights. Mm, yeah. Well, again, Goal is doing the Lord's work in this state, and uh, I appreciate everything you do, John. Why don't you uh, tell everyone how they can get involved, where they can sign up, where they can become a member, um, and you know where they can attend a class coming up? Uh, go ahead. The floor is yours last minute here. I appreciate that. Yeah. So Goal.org, G-O-A-L dot O-R-G. Go to the website. You can join on the website. All the important information, the fashion show, listening tours, bill numbers, right? Uh, that, that's all going to be found on the website. Then if you're a goal member and you ever have questions about gun laws, state or federal, call me. My priority are goal members. My second priority are people trying to exercise their Second Amendment civil rights for their first time. But if you call me and you say, yeah, I've been a, a, you know, an NRA member and I've had an LTC in the state for 30 years, are you a goal member? No, I'll call you back. You are not my priority. You're part of the problem. And, and it's harsh, but listen, I've been doing this 25 years full time. I, I see what can change when good people get involved. We are member supported. We support our members first, people trying to exercise their civil rights for the first time second. And, and everybody, you're, you're at the bottom of the totem pole. Get active, become an advocate. I couldn't agree more. And uh, there's some great resources on the Goal website. Uh, I reference it all the time. Uh, you know, I I sometimes get tripped up over, you know, what law and this and that and the other thing. And I always go back there and I find it. Or maybe there's some new gun control bill I can't find sure. as my, you know, fat fingers are punching keyboards. But you have a good, um, you know, legislation list of everything coming down the pipeline. You got the listening tour stuff. You got some classes that you guys are offering coming down. Plus, the podcast is awesome. Wealth of information, right? 
a great job that, that Jeff and Garrett do. I tell you, I'm just so impressed with our board, so impressed with that podcast, so professionally done. And, you know, that's what I listen to when I'm at the gym. I put on the Goldbot podcast. Nice. I wish they'd do it every day. I'd go to the gym more often. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what I need to get me to the gym in the first place. I, uh, I, I have, like, well-intentioned, uh, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, you know? <laughs> So, uh, so true. Yeah. So true. Oh man, you know, maybe I should set a goal at least to get to the gym and listen to the uh goal podcast. Uh It's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh thanks so much John for being on the show. I I appreciate you, you know, your hard work for this state every day and I I'm sure we'll see each other uh in an event coming up soon or at least on the range at some point. Next time you're down the Cape, please stop in. We'll do a we'll do we'll do a Toby takes on the world. You can kick my butt shooting on the range like everyone else has been doing lately. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, thanks so much, John Green. Uh, we appreciate you. We're gonna send people your way, new members and uh, guys. You got to get involved and support Goal. They're a legit organization fighting the good fight here in Massachusetts. So thanks Toby, so much. Thank you for what you and the staff do. Amen. All right, brother. Good to see you. Take care. Thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, this show ends here, but you can always tune in at rapidfireradio.us. You can call or text the Rapid Fire line any time of the day or night. It's 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. Keep up the good fight, support your local community, and be an advocate for responsible gun ownership here in Massachusetts or wherever you live. And together as Americans, we can overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary. God bless. We'll see you next time.